0: Over the past week, Kanye has been on a quest of sorts to change things in the music industry. The gist of it is that he wants artists to push for owning their masters and getting better label deals. But as always with Kanye, there's a little bit more to it than that. Welcome to the Bar for Bar podcast. And this week, we're talking Kanye versus the music industry. So everything started off with him tweeting out claiming that he is an industry and that he wants an apology from drake and j cole fair i mean they did call you out doesn't really make sense to bring it up now considering how long ago it was but sure Um, and the fact that he's not industry is very easily disputed because good music exists so but Regardless, this very quickly turned to him asking to see everyone's contracts at both Universal and Sony Music. And then he compared the music industry to, or sorry, music industry and the NBA to modern-day slave ships. That makes some sense because both the artists and the players are putting in a lot of work into... Basically just entertainment and a lot of times the owners or record labels don't really care about how black people are doing or like just owning things in general. They're more focused on like, yo, let us get all the money we can. There's so many people that are putting out or trying to put out a lot of music, but they get immediately dismissed by their record label because it's not the sound that they're looking for. That is really the biggest thing though, because artists, you know, are making music, well, obviously to make money, but also for themselves and just the community in general. So having a record label kind of like tell you, no, this is all you can do. We're not going to put out this music that's, putting you on a platform or putting your people on a higher status. We're not going to, we don't really care about that. We're just going to focus on what makes us money and sure, that's their business model, but in doing so, the labels tend to take advantage of artists. This is more evident in newer artists who don't really have any experience in the industry or have anyone to kind of check in with or mentor them. So they end up signing deals that really aren't favorable. I think because Kanye did also show all of his contracts with Universal, but I think he also showed some with Rockefeller. And thank you to the DJ booth for kind of deciphering it for us. But the gist of those contracts is that the Rockefeller one wasn't very good. Like it was pretty bad, but I mean, as Kanye got bigger and bigger, universal kind of helped him out a little bit more. Now the Rockefeller deal is kind of what a lot of artists are going to be going through. They're not going to be getting the best splits. They're not going to be getting their masters. They might get publication, but they're not getting everything. Like they're basically have done all this work. Only for the label to say, nah, this is mine now. We'll give you a little bit of money, but this, this, all this music that you made is mine. And artists, like new artists, would always be like, oh, no, that's fine. Because they're like, okay, this is a compromise. This is how I'm going to get my foot in the door. But that's not really what happens. Like, There have been so many artists that have signed to labels and have never put out an album. Like, for example, look at King Crooked. When he was signed to death row, there was no music that came out of it. There's more artists than that. I just, that was just the first thing that came to my mind. Now, when you sign to a label, the biggest benefit to you is that you're going to have a budget. With that budget, you're going to be able to produce better music. If you want to you have better access to different Producers, different features, and just different like people, different people that would be able to support you in the process. That also will lead to promotion. So, the problem there is, a lot of times the labels don't really do that much promotion or really give you much of what you want or need. They're basically just there for distribution at that point. Uh, I. It's, I'm drawing a blank now, but I know there was someone recently who's just like, yeah, the label isn't supporting me at all with this. So I'm pretty much just paying out of pocket for everything. I feel like it might've been Kalani, but I don't quote me on any of that, because that's probably incorrect. But, you know, the thing is, like, there are major artists out there who are still signed to a major label. And you would think that at that point, they're an asset and label would want to do whatever they can to help them, but that is not the case all the time. Like unless you're an artist like Drake or Kanye or Kendrick, like they're not gonna really invest anything into you other than the bare minimum. And that is really shitty. <laughs> the other thing of like going off of that is you don't really need a huge like budget or record label to produce good music the biggest thing that a record label really brings to the table nowadays is promotion and if they aren't even providing that then why are you bothering signing now this is a thing that kind of trickles down all the way to the artist so obviously most artists will have a manager who is already taking a cut and they may also have access to some of their masters Uh, and then The managers are communicating to the label and then the label has a bigger cut. And then from there, like, you know, everything just keeps getting split up and the artist is really just left with scraps a lot of times, like depending on how their deal is sorted out. Now, in the case of Kanye, the deal that he has with Universal is favorable and he would actually be doing really well if he didn't go over budget. At least that's what I understood from the DJ booth analysis of it. But not everyone's that lucky. Most people are just kind of stuck with a shitty product or not. Most people are left with just whatever, really, like a terrible deal. (laughs) Like you're going to sign away all your masters and all your, your rights, essentially, for what? Like, sure, you'll get hot for a little bit. But when you're not hot anymore, about 20 years later, you ain't got nothing to really fall back on. That's why so many artists now are really pushing for it, like uh, 21 Savage and SZA. I mean, obviously, Nipsey Hussle was the biggest proponent of this. Like, He was like, yo, you need to own your masters. And I mean, he made it very clear that he owned all his masters too. So he's, if he was still around, he would be pretty good. Luckily, he had that all in place for his family, so they'll be straight a lot of the problems with record labels really do come from the deals and the mismanagement of artists uh there's been horror stories from many artists especially on Def Jam where they're like yo they're not letting me release anything or they're not letting me release what I want to release like I mean it makes sense that the label wouldn't want you to put out something that's more against the grain I guess but it's also kind of shitty because that messes up your integrity as an artist and a lot of times that doesn't really really show itself until it's too late really like you start to gain a following and you want to go back to the music that you started your career with but the label's like nope can't do that that won't sell records we're not going to give you funding for this so you you're just kind of stuck because contracts can run for multiple albums or multiple years and i think like even if you don't like if you quote unquote retire you're still locked into that contract they still expect you to do something with it and i think that's what joe budden was saying too i forgot who he signed to but you know now to kind of combat these issues who would, record labels and poor deals, Kanye's provided guidelines, you could say. So he's, he tweeted out new recording and publishing deal guidelines. And then he began to list them off. So first, the artist owns the copyright in the recordings and songs and leases them to the record label slash publisher for a limited term, one year deals. This makes a lot of sense. I mean, the artist will keep most of their money and the record label will still get some money because they're basically like yo you can have my music for a little bit cool and one-year terms make a lot of sense because it kind of keeps things moving you know you don't have a record label that holds on to an album for 30 years and they're just like still making money off of it it kind of evens things out i guess the second point you made was the record label slash publisher is a service provider that receives a share of the income for a limited term. The split can be 80-20 in the artist's favor. So that is, again, just basically following the leasing thing. Like, they're going to have that for a limited period of time. The 80-20 split is obviously the best option, but that's going to be very hard to push for. I'm almost certain most labels would be like, ha, y'all crazy, that ain't happening. But it's, it's a good idea. Uh, third, dependence. Artists must be dependent on no one but themselves to manage their catalog. You should need no one else to understand the business you're in. This is interesting because it's basically getting rid of the need for a manager. At least that's what my understanding of it is. I don't know how I feel about that because it makes sense. Yes, you should know the business that you're in, that you should understand the ins and outs, but telling an artist to also focus on the business side isn't always something that they can do. Like some people are just not savvy in that and that's totally fine. Like, I think this is more of like a, a thought, like less than a guideline because, you know, like I said, it's most people aren't really good at understanding the business side of it. Like they might only know the music side of it. Like they can make the music, but they just can't comprehend the business aspect which is why you need a manager or people to help you out with that. But yes, you should need no one else to understand the business you're in, but I understand that it's a difficult business to be in. So having someone to help you out is always nice. Uh, The fourth point was lawyers. The first thing that changes about record deals is actually lawyers. We need plain English contracts. A lawyer's role is to improve deals, not charge for contracts we cannot understand or track. Rewrite deals to be understandable from first read. I agree with that. Like you should make it as easy to comprehend for anyone to understand. There are I believe there are some things though that you need legalese for just to just because, like, the English language is that like, you can get super basic, but like, whenever there's questions that arise, you're just gonna end up with a much longer contract. I feel like speaking in legal terms simplifies it and makes it a little bit shorter. As long as you understand what it means, though. <laughs> so, I like this, but you still need a little bit of help. I believe like just in general like to understand your contract is not the easiest thing normally and making it in plain english sure that's a good idea but removing the whole legal aspect of it like understand like lawyer speak isn't i don't know like you need lawyers to kind of enforce them (laughs) but i don't know that one's a little bit tricky i'd say uh, the fifth one was equity and, bank and blanket licenses are the majority of future new income. If you're with a major, you have invested your songs as shares in their power to get equity and deals. Almost all new deals now based on all songs going to ha- going to a store or app. The equity is the art. That is again talking about the, the first point that he made. Like where you're essentially leasing your album or songs to a label. And by allowing a label to have or get money off of your music, you should have some say in how it's done. At least that's what I'm understanding with this point. That does make sense because the artists are what are bringing the money in so they should have a little bit more say in what happens um and then he continued on that point no more blanket licenses it should be clear from day one what shares you get now and when you leave if your song helps a deal over the line you invested in that store slash app same as they did and then he had another follow-up before another point Uh, UMG now has a 2.2 share holding stake in Spotify. This is the artist's. The system as to how we get share balances on our royalty statement needs to be created and a system on when the artist can cash in. Yeah. I mean, he's basically saying, like, kind of continuing that shares metaphor. Like, the artists basically are the shares here and they deserve to get some sort of payout like in a regular basis. And I think that kind of is already a thing like royalty checks already happen, but like, I mean, that's just kind of how the industry (laughs) works, but I think what he's really pushing for is, you know, these artists need to have more power with how things are done. And then he makes his fifth point again, but this is actually the sixth point. Advances are just loans on artists re-signing. These stop advances are loans with a 75% interest rate or worse. No other business in the world takes a look at the business buys shares, starts to profit when it profits record labels, record companies, sorry, have to buy into you, not loan you. So yeah, I mean, with advances, you always have to pay them back. So when you get a signing advance or when you make, when you request an advance, like you're going to have to pay that back. But when you re-sign to a label or like renew your contract, those should stop because you've already shown your worth. Like you don't have to be like, yo, we know you already put this album out, but we're still not sure, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to charge you the same amount last time. Uh then he goes on to the next one, royalties again back to the pendants. you need a business manager to read how you did so you pay to see your money no more royalty portals need to show and do not now every song you delivered uh, every store you're in and how many streams per song it sounds basic and logical but it does not exist they focus on top earners and zero look at the 440 stores only the top few artists are global that's why their contract territory says global. Royalty department in every label. No more separating finance teams from the music. So basically, he wants basically more data. Like, for the. And then, I mean, analytics and data are very important for every sort of business. So, I mean, most record labels will keep track of every song and everything you put out and where they are, but they just don't show you, show it to you. They just give you, here's your royalty statement. This is how much you made, here you go. We're not gonna tell you where the money came from, but here is your money. It might be less than what you expected. And you know, like that is a good thing to know because then you have an idea of where to put your focus in. Like for example, if your numbers are doing poorly on YouTube, Maybe you need to put out a music video to gain attention. This is probably not how the industry works. I'm not in the industry, so, you know. But yeah, it does make a lot of sense to know exactly where your money is coming from rather than just a blanket statement of saying, here's your royalty check. And the final point he made is portals. Uh, Portals are not for royalties. They are for your entire business. Every audio file, every asset, every deal stored with the money. Money and music must stay together. When your term ends, download it all, leave. You know, the same thing that I was just saying. You, Your royalties are your entire business. Like that is where you're getting all your money from. And to not know exactly where these royalties are coming from, it's kind of hard to continue your business. So for example, if you want to go to a different label, having this information is just something else that you can work with to work out a better deal. Like you can say, yo, my numbers on Spotify are through the roof and they're rising in Apple music and stuff like that. Like it's, it's stuff that makes sense. Like anyone who has run a business knows that you have to know the numbers before you can try to push for something more. Like you can't, be like, Oh, I'm going to go to the bank and get a loan, but I'm not going to give them my business model or where my revenue is currently coming from. Like you can't do that. You have to show them that you have the money and you have the income. Otherwise they're just going to say, either they're going to say no, or they're just going to give you a terrible interest rate. (laughs) So, you know, like you, if you're going into some sort of business, you have to have some information on these sorts of things. Like you can't just leave it at the basic stuff. Like there's more to it than just the generalizations. You need to know the specifics. And then yeah, money and music must stay together. When your term ends, download it all. I think he's talking about the actual statements. Like look at the royalties, download all those files, just so you have it for your, um, for your information and your, filing later on. Now, a lot of the things that Kanye said here make a lot of sense. And this is really just the ideal scenario. I'd say getting to this point is not going to be easy. Now I've seen, I think I saw someone tweet out like, yo, UMG hit me up and modify my contract after all the stuff that Kanye did. And if that is the case, that's awesome. Like, that means there is some change that's happening immediately. And I think the fact that Kanye just straight up uploaded every page of his contracts (laughs) probably had something to do with it. Because technically, that would breach his contract, because you're not really supposed to be doing that. But because he's such a big artist, UMG is not going to say, yo, you got to leave. Like, they will lose a lot of money if Kanye leaves. And Kanye has like 10 contracts with him, he said. So they don't want him to leave. <laughs> like they want to keep him locked in for as long as possible. And I mean, again, I understand that because that's just how business works. But it's like, damn, bro, like the, you really want out, but I don't know how you're going to get out. Um, I think he's he had uh, taken a screenshot of a text message that he got. Probably from his lawyer, basically saying like, "Yo, Taylor Swift had to pay like three hundred million to get her royal, like her label, her uh, masters and stuff, and everything sorted out. You are gonna have to pay way more than that. Like you're a much larger artist." And he's like, "Yeah," <laughs> like he doesn't want like. in the the dude he was talking to sounded like, "Yo, you should probably try to talk to them and work something out." And he was like, I am not going to do that. I am not going to speak to them further. So it's interesting. I don't know what's going to change. Maybe nothing, maybe a lot of things, maybe we'll see more independent artists because even when you're independent, you're going to keep most of your money in your camp, like rather than going through a label. So anyways. That's pretty much all I got. Kanye just kind of like Kanye is an interesting person to decipher. And I enjoyed this list of guidelines that he created because he's very focused here. All the other stuff that he tweeted out was just kind of like, okay, what is actually important and what is just you being you? But anyways, let me know what y'all think about what Kanye has to say. I think it's all good things. I think it's a good idea. Whether or not it'll happen, that's completely up in the air. Who knows? But yeah, let me know what you thought. Uh, And like and subscribe if you want to see more stuff like this. And thank you for watching. Please stay safe out there.